0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. (laughs)
1: We're
0: talking
2: football. With Bengal, Jim, and friends, we're talking football. We hope this never ends. Jimmy, James, and Tom
3: are back for more. Like Joey B, we're here for season four with Bengal guests and stories not heard before. There's Tony, Mark, and Jamie, as well as our charity, Hootay Nation, in from far and wide. Every Tuesday night, the guys are back at it live. By the fans, for the fans, from day one, it's time to
4: have some fun. We're talking football, with bangle Jim, and friends. We're talking football, we hope this never ends. The
3: bangle boys stop by to drop the speed. Don't get your popcorn ready, and take a seat. Season four will and with the Lombardy.
5: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Talking Football with Bengal Gem and Friends. Victory Tuesday, baby. Three and two. Um, guys it felt good to get that win, and a very convincing win in Arizona. But tonight, uh, we've got Cam Miller uh, coming on here in a little bit about 8.15. Uh, we're going to kind of preview uh, Riverfront Remember the jungle. We're going to have David Fulcher on and Bob Johnson, who played in the very first game at Riverfront Stadium. We're going to talk about some of their memories of Riverfront. We're going to talk about the episode, the – uh, the event next week with Cam Miller's premiere, but guys, what a hell of a weekend, man. A, a lot, lot of fun in Arizona, a boatload of Bengal fans. If you weren't there, you probably heard Bengal fans on TV. Uh, but uh, James, what a hell of a weekend, man. Bengals bring home that uh, very convincing win, win this Sunday. It was. And, and the most
3: important thing, Craig survived, didn't have to get an EKG or a, a visit to the uh, stadium hospital. So that was, that was positive. But um, you know, this is, the first away one where we didn't have a large contingency of volunteers. So we just all pulled together. The, the front gate was crazy. We were stopping cars, checking passes, running wristbands, ticket vouchers. It was a, um, a team effort and uh, appreciate everybody that um, pitched in there at the front gate. I don't want to mention names cause I'll probably forget somebody, but uh, appreciate everyone's help. Um, From, um, yeah, from the front gate to getting everything set up, getting everything tore down. So much work, but it was so great. Um, You know, everybody that came through the gate was just so happy, so positive. Just loved the opportunity to party with a thousand plus Bengals fans from not only all over the country, but um, all over the world. And I think one thing we take, take it for granted, you know, we see the Bengals play every other week, but you see so many fans that live far away that don't get that opportunity and they're just so excited to be there and, and just see so many other Bengals fans and thanks for coming out um so much fun obviously we'll be back doing it this weekend we'll talk about our big next away one which will be jacksonville in december but thanks again for everybody that um pitched in and uh tony what uh what's your thoughts on on the 100 degree pregame and, and the game there in um,
6: arizona yeah, so actually, a hundred degrees isn't that bad. I was—it's still hot. Don't get me wrong, but it was definitely a dry heat. Um, good tailgate. Uh, everyone had a good time. Like you said, it was busy and fun, and and seeing everyone come out and those that's never been um, had that experience to tailgate with us. It was really good to see um, those have that experience with us. Did a lot of good charity work as always. The game um, was a must-win for us. We saw a lot of good things that we needed from Burrow. Uh, so it was an overall was a great weekend.
3: And then, Augie's right. Nobody nobody cuts their their sleeves that I saw anyways. Not even after three or four beers. Everybody was well behaved. Uh we did have some Canadians there, but um the one that's missing tonight was not there either. So there were
5: quite a few Canadians there. I was shocked. They were from Vancouver, they were from all over uh uh Canada. It was awesome to see. So much fun.
3: What about uh watching from from home, Tom? What uh I hear a lot of comments on on how loud, you know, the cheers were. I remember walking in and I forget what happened. And it, it sounded like we were at pay stadium. It was so loud of people cheering for the uh, Bengals. Did that come across on TV?
4: Oh, you could definitely hear you guys uh, It was just like the, really the beginning of the game in Tennessee. Uh, anytime something went right, uh, you guys were, were coming through very loud and very clear. So well done. Well done to everybody that made the trip and to all the Bengal fans that are in the Southwest, but you definitely made yourselves known. Yeah. So
5: let's talk about that game, guys. I mean, uh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, Obviously, everybody wants to start with a Joe Burrow, but that dude was running and scrambling and evading pass rush. Um, it was a different Joe Burrow in that pocket last uh, this past Sunday time. I wouldn't you, agree. Him. He, was all, he was extending plays, and that was a big difference in the game.
4: There was early in the game. Uh, as he was every week, my, my son was here. And you guys remember, he scrambled just a little bit. Ended up the pass was incomplete, one of his rare incompletions. And I looked at, uh, looked at my son, Andrew, and I said, that might be the most valuable play of the day because we know he can scramble and he's been probably given the okay to start being himself again. And, but, no, he was extending plays. He was doing everything. He was diagnosing uh, the defense. Every audible was perfect. Uh, I believe Trayvon Williams is still on the team. I uh, was definitely a little worried about that. Uh, I'd never seen a quarterback cut a guy on the field during the game. And I think it almost happened, but uh, no, Travion's, uh a good player and, and still with us, but no, I, you know, I think not everything is fixed. Not everything is even close to being completely fixed, but it was a big step. We, you know, it was great to see them play the way we know they can play. And I, you know, I think the defense still has some steps to go, but, uh, hopefully we can get T Higgins back. If not this week, right after the bye, and get at it and um, get right back into the thick of things. We're only a game out. Yeah, I mean, just to understand no T Higgins, and it was a concerted effort, man. I mean,
5: a, a Bengals record. Carl Pickens' the receptions by uh, Jamar Chase breaks Carl Pickens' records. From I mean, they were they couldn't cover. They, like like you said, seven eleven, he was open all day, but they were they were scheming and. and um, Scheming to get that ball yep. uh, to, to <laughs> but the
4: key, Jimmy, is they were double-teaming him, and they still couldn't cover him.
5: It's crazy. It's crazy. So, Tony, when we talk about that defense, man, because, I, again, I, I think they had some laps, but at the end of the day, man, uh, there were some big plays by the defense. Uh, Cam Britt, Taylor, after we were short on that fourth and one or two goal, at the goal line, we don't make it, and we're pretty upset because you were right there in that end zone. You were right there in front of it. And then uh, another play or two later, that interception,
6: man! What a what a what a great play! Yeah. So the defense, obviously, um, you know, they, they still have some struggles there, but as we all saw, uh, they uh, helped us get in the game. And when uh, we had the turnovers, uh, we were able to score on them. And uh, you know, it was really nice to see we had you know Trey getting in there, and getting the pressure on the quarterback, making them uh, make mistakes all the way around. It was a, it was a good effort by both sides of the ball. So I was happy with it.
3: Augie has a uh, good point here. Obviously, you mentioned T. Higgins was out, but uh, how about the game Trent Irwin had stepping up and just, you know, catching everything thrown his way. We saw glimpses of that last year where he was um, – oh, Tom? Tom?
1: There, there he
2: goes.
3: is. Oh, we lost you, Tom. But, um, you know, kudos to him. We, you know, we had the the boy there with, with T. Higgins out. Obviously, fifth-round pick Charlie Jones was out, and um, and Trenton stepped up big time, caught everything thrown his way, and uh was great to see.
5: Yeah. Um, I mean, Trent Irwin, that was his career high, I think, catches uh, in yards. Um, Jamar, geez, well, Pete's guy, they, they played a hell of a game on offense, man. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, uh, defensively, that was really cool to me. I mean, so you had Arizona State's right tackle was a rookie. Uh, Paris Johnson, Jr. from Ohio State, playing against uh, his – you know, another Ohio State Buckeye and Sam Hubbard there. That was a kind of a fun battle to watch. Uh, Sam got the best of him, but uh, I would expect Sam to get the best of him as a, a rookie at right tackle there. Uh, the defensive line with Trey Hendrickson, man, was questionable going into that game with the back issues, I think. why not having two and a half sacks. He was all over the place. When Even when he didn't have a sack, he was, he was disruptive uh, in that backfield uh, for somebody who was questionable going into that game. So uh, Trey Hendrickson had a hell of a day as well.
3: He did. You know, we saw Jermaine Pratt get that interception at the end. There was a picture that somebody posted, had his arm wrapped, had some ice on it, leaving the locker room after the game. Hopefully he's okay. But, um, you know, the one thing I'm, I want to go back and talk about is is going for it on, on fourth down there. We didn't get it, but, you know, I don't know. I guess we're all still a little bit shocked by the Marvin Lewis days because, you know, Marvin Lewis never goes for that. You, you would have kicked field goal. Yeah, he definitely would have kicked the field goal. So so kudos. I, you know, it was a three straight runs, I think, which, you know, you gotta get we didn't get it, but um it, it worked out. But I just glad Zach went for it, was was aggressive there at the beginning. Unfortunately we didn't um get it. But I thought Mixon, you know, had another solid game. Um that that's gonna be important, especially going down this this stretch. And um, you know, appreciate everything he's doing as Everybody knows I was, um, you know, not fond of bringing him back, especially at the, at the price tag we did, even after the pay cut. But man, he's been, he's been solid all uh, year running the ball, and you know, had another another good game, and that's going to be important for us, especially once this weather turns bad and and gets cold and you know, snow, rain, I, whatever we're going to have here in the second part of the season. So yeah, and Christopher,
5: brings up, Christopher brings up something here. James is pretty cool. I mean, not only Trey Henderson have two and a half sacks, but, I mean, he sniffed out that screen pass. Uh, um, Most defensive ends are going to go after that quarterback thinking they're going to get a sack. He kind of stepped back on that and literally had that ball in one hand, man. He could have pulled that in. If he did, that was a pick six. So, Trey Henderson uh, all over the place, man. He was awesome. I think
3: Logan Wilson had one that he kind of fumbled, too. So, uh, definitely the defense defense was there, swatting the balls down, knocking them down, doing whatever, but – that was good. I thought Brad uh, Brad Robbins had a good gay punt. And I don't know if he had, you know, jitters early on in the year, but he seems like he's he's settling in. Um, when he had to put one inside the ten, he did that to uh, perfection. So glad to see him kind of coming into form here. As well,
6: don't forget the offensive line. Now they get a little credit there too. You know, um, yeah, Jonah. You know, he had uh, some uh, praise from scoring. Uh, you know, over eighty percent too on that. So. You know, don't forget those guys. They uh, you know, we always give them a lot of flack because Joe's um back there running around or whatever. But I think they did a pretty good job this this game as well.
5: Hey, Tom was it was it Kappa who had a basically allow no pressures at all and I mean clean sheet in the passing game. Yeah, the pro football focus scores man had him the high if I'm not mistaken, the highest rated offensive line uh Sunday.
4: Against the pass, against right. the pass rush. He was the number one offensive lineman in all of football last week, but again this week top-graded overall offensive lineman, Jonah Williams, fourth-best right tackle in all of football. So, uh, you know, maybe he's found a home at right tackle. Maybe he can like it, and maybe at the end of the year uh, he can decide he wants to stay for a long time. We'd love to have him playing like this.
5: Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what else to talk about that game, guys. I thought all all in all, I mean, it's a – look, Arizona's not a – Arizona's not a Super Bowl team, guys, but, I mean – we dominated that game. I mean, at the end of the day, you beat a team like that, you, you beat up on them, and we absolutely did that.
3: I think the other thing you talk about is Awuzie being out and, and rookie Turner stepping up, um, playing Again. that other cornerback. Yeah, so, I mean, that's huge. We saw Cam Taylor-Britt do that last year when, when Awuzie went down, um, slid him over into the into his spot. Uh, Awuzie was out Sunday. Second-round pick, uh, DJ Turner,
4: um, had another solid game. Would you agree, Tom? Well that's you know, I think it's a tribute, you know, Lou Anna Rumo speaks so openly about not wanting to play defensive backs, particularly corners, their rookie year. Last year he was forced to at Halloween. Cam Taylor Britt had to step in when Ouzie got hurt and he played at a Pro Bowl level. This year, DJ Turner had a couple bumps in the in the preseason, as all cornerbacks, no matter who they are, are gonna do. They're gonna have bad bad moments. But D.J. Turner, when he's been given the, the opportunity, it has been one of the highest graded corners in all of football, and he was again Sunday. So like Jimmy said, though, it's, it's, it's good to point out, and it was pointed out by the local birdcage liner, but uh, <laughs> the Cardinals are not a, a Super Bowl team. They are very far from it. They're, they're going to draft in the top five this year uh, again. But what are you supposed to do? Against bad football teams, you're supposed to beat bad football teams. And, you know, we did with a bit of comfort. It wasn't perfect. I think we're still improving the arcs going up and we want this win to mean something. You got to go out and beat the sea hags on Sunday.
3: Yep.
4: Yeah. One other thing I'm going to touch on and
3: right, wrong or indifferent. We saw Nick Scott slide from the starting position to the bench a little bit in that second half, another rookie Jordan battles. We got in the third round played a lot more safety, Seemed to play good. Obviously, you know rookies in the in the backfield there are going to take their lumps, but um, the reps that Jordan Battle got there at at safety seem to do a a solid job, kind of get thrust into that um, spot.
4: He's he stepped up nicely. Uh, you know, it was tough. Von Bell grew to a point when he came when he first came here, he was not all that good against the pass, but then his last several years, you know, he destroyed a, a Bengal problem a historic Bengal problem and that is the tight end and the slot receiver open over the middle and bond bell did a tremendous job against that um there have been there have been some problems this year and we anticipated that with two new safeties but man i I think dax hill is playing every bit as well as jesse bates ever did here uh i I think dax hill's a a future pro bowler and you know what we'll see uh there have been some tackling problems and uh, Nick Scott, I don't think that was scheduled for, when you mentioned that, James. Uh, I know he sat out at least one full series and uh, was being, I think, shoveled in and out on first and second down on a couple others. He was in there on third down. But um, I think long-term, that's probably Jordan Battle's you know, position to lose long-term. And, and
3: speaking of safety, we have one in the waiting room, along with another former Bengal great. Uh, this is going to tie in nicely. To what we have next Tuesday, we're also going to bring um, the film producer on for our big event uh, next Tuesday at 16 Lots. So if you want to uh, introduce our two former, actually Cam's in there too, our uh, next three guests, Tom, that uh, we're going to talk about uh, next week's show.
4: Well, the first one is uh, if you had an all-time Bengals team, you would be first team uh, as a safety. David Fulcher defined that defense in the late 80s in the Super Bowl run and had uh, an incredible couple of seasons going into the 90s. So he's been a great friend of the show and a great friend of the community. So we welcome Safety David Fulcher. David,
1: you guys, if you you guys can hear me, man, I apologize. I was was at a, a conference out here in Dayton, and I'm driving down my car doing this, trying to make all the light in the world to see me. But if you can hear me, we're all good. I apologize again.
5: No, you're I mean, good. We can hear you. you, David. That's all we need. We don't need to see that face anyhow, man. We're good. We're just hear me, man. Please
4: make that all day. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Introduce uh, Bob and Cam as well.
4: Our next guest right, again. If the Bengals had an all-time first team, he would be the first team all center. He was uh, the very first draft pick of the Bengals. He knows all about Riverfront Stadium. He made the transition from Nippert to Riverfront uh, in a in an era where the NFL. Had so many great centers. He was one of them. Uh, First class gentleman, the Bengals' first captain, Bob Johnson.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me on, especially with David Fulcher, since uh, I didn't mean anything, but my son played football and played college football in Indiana, and he thought David Fulcher hung the moon. He he didn't care anything about his dad, but he he wanted Fulcher jerseys and Fulcher this and Fulcher that. And I thought, you know, Fulcher's a safety man. What the hey? Although, David, I don't want to make you mad because you played like a linebacker, and you know linebackers and centers are uh, obvious uh, enemies. But yeah, I, I want to be nice to
1: you. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, man. Everybody thought I was a linebacker, but uh, I played <laughs> safety. And uh, Dick LeBeau gave me a chance to, uh, to 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 take that position to a different level, and uh, I had a great time doing it. And I really appreciate all the the love that I got. So hey, I was a a linebacker body, but a safety in heart.
2: Yeah. Well, you know the great thing about you is you had a linebacker body, but you could play safety. You could cover, so and you know you got a lot of, you did have some man coverage, and yes, you know, it's, it's it's tough. I tell you, my hat's off to any defensive back because they're really athletes. And offensive linemen, you know, they got to be big and strong, but athletes. I tell you what, they, David, you'd love this. After every game on Tuesday, we had a touch football game with just the offensive linemen. I got to tell you, it was ugly. <laughs> not good. <laughs>
3: uh, All right, Tom, you want to introduce our um, final guest here? It's a perfect
4: segue, some of this banter that we have back, going back and forth. Well, our special guest with, with our first two guests, uh, we've got you know, Bob Johnson, who really represents those first years at Riverfront Stadium. Uh, the, the years of the, the pumpkin helmets with Bengals on the side, and then David <laughs> Fulcher, who really defines uh, the, the in the 80s and going into the 90s with the stripes on his helmet but cam miller is uh he's just a great fan of greater cincinnati and northern kentucky he's a historian uh he's a big sports fan and can continuing it's his tradition on that he has made a, a movie riverfront remembered the jungle so the bengals years in the in riverfront from 1970 to 1999 so we welcome again another big fan and friend of the show cam miller Hi, guys. Thank thanks for doing. having
3: me. How are you doing tonight, buddy?
7: I am fantastic. I just finished up a couple of uh, pieces of music for the film, and I will wrap production probably tomorrow, so we are good to go. You know,
3: I think it was last year when we first had you on. We, we showed the um, the Riverfront and talked about the Riverfront um, segment that you did at the Red. So this has been 12-plus months in waiting, waiting till uh, next Tuesday for this um, debut. And for those that um, – don't know, I'm gonna put a link to the tickets in the chat next Tuesday night. Sixteen lots, Newport on the levee. We are going to have the film debut Riverfront remembered. Um, I just put that ticket link in the um, in the lobby there. 100 percent of the proceeds go to uh revive. Jimmy can talk about that charity in a in a little bit, but um 15 plus former Bengals are gonna be there. We kind of saw the dialogue between Bob and and, and David Fulcher there. And We're going to hear a whole lot more of that uh, next week. Just a lot of stories from the players, their memories there at um, Riverfront, and I think uh, we'll we'll show that that film first. And it's just uh, going to be a lot of uh, fun memories. Cam, what am I forgetting talking about uh, what's going to happen next week?
7: Oh, I think you nailed it. I think it's going to be it's going to be a great time. I think that you know trying to pack a thirty minute film, thirty years of history into thirty minutes was tough, but it's something that I'm accustomed to doing, doing work for the Reds Hall of Fame. You kind of have to put those things in the theater and you have to have a certain amount of time. So I really tried to make it to tell the story, to bookend it from 1970 all the way to 99, 30 years, actually 29 years, uh, two months and 23 days. Not that I'm counting or anything, but it was a it was a fun ride making this film. And I'm just so excited that I'm um, going a chance to put it together
5: for a great charity, a great cause. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've talked to a handful of the players. I think Bob and, and David are going to be there next Tuesday night as well. But we have tons of their teammates uh, hearing some of these guys' stories already. Uh, uh, I won't share them live with you. I'll let them share them with you here next Tuesday night. Mike Martin has a very uh, a tear-jerking story about uh, Riverfront and his memories at Riverfront. But as you're watching this, we will get ready to play a, 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 a promo real quick before we have Bob and David talk about some of their memories at, at uh, Riverfront. Uh, but as a fan, uh, if you're watching right now, type in uh, some some comments or questions about your memories, uh, your best memories, good or bad, it doesn't matter, of Riverfront Stadium. Put them in there. I have a bunch of good ones, but I have a few bad ones myself. We'll share those here in a little bit. But let's go ahead and play this uh, play this uh, promo here real quick, and then we'll get to Bob and David. And don't forget to type in your memories and, and any questions you want to ask Bob or David, because David actually played in the very first game uh, at, at Riverfront Stadium. We're going to ask him about that here in a minute, but... Uh, here's the, here's the promo for you guys.
2: Back to throw. Looks. Fires into the end
4: zone. Touchdown, Ike Curtis.
2: By Riley. He's almost at the 25 to the 30 yard line. and Kenny Riley picked
3: it out of the air. Here's Mike Peacham down to the 30. 25, 20, down to the 15. Still on his feet.
4: Five. Touchdown.
1: It was touchdown. I could never see out kind of a victory.
7: She wasn't built to be charming. She wasn't configured to fit inside a neighborhood like her predecessor, Crosley Field. Riverfront Stadium was designed to function. A multi-purpose machine, her concrete and steel body bolted down along the Ohio River, sharing the banks with warehouses, factories, skyscrapers. She had a job to do, and she did it well. And for those of us that were lucky enough to have our breath taken away by her majestic size, our eyes widened when we first saw her expansive green field as we made our way to find our plastic seats of blue, green, yellow, or red. We are forever grateful that she let us be a part of her lifespan. She is forever with us, and we will always have that stadium along the Ohio riverfront.
5: Cam, that gave me goosebumps, brother. That, that gave me a lot of goosebumps. Uh, Tom, go ahead and kick this off, man. Let's get this thing started.
4: Well, I want to ask Bob, you know, Bob, uh, a couple quick questions. Coming from your first two years in the league, playing in, in you know, your competition in the AFL and you playing in Nippert, there was maybe one game a year when you went to the Astrodome, you played on AstroTurf. Then in this beautiful, brand-new state-of-the-art stadium, Riverfront Stadium, you came and played on painted concrete was that the first thing you noticed when you came onto the field
2: <laughs> well i also played at the university of tennessee where everything was manicured you know you weren't allowed on the game field until game day and by the end of the season uh, nippert was a disaster i mean it, it was <laughs> it, it just it was all completely torn up but you know there was a there was a charm about nippert early on you know it was the first year of the bengals Uh, with the public we had a honeymoon that wouldn't quit you know we only won three games that that first year and you'd have thought we were in the Super Bowl every year I mean fans went nuts they came and this is 1968 they came to the game in coats and ties it just was a totally different atmosphere and I think the city of Cincinnati was so happy to have the team Uh, it was Nippert was a warm wonderful place and like I said we get a first down we get a standing ovation I I couldn't quite understand it. Like I said, coming from Tennessee where at that point we were national champions one year, we were always really good, but then coming here and we were three and 11 that first year and the fans still loved us. I couldn't quite get over that. It was great.
3: You know what, Tom, before we ask David a question, I want to show, I have the first um, trailer that uh, Cam did, which is kind of another teaser for, for next Tuesday. Let's go ahead and play that uh, real quick. In case uh, fans didn't see it uh, about two months ago when we showed it, I'm going to show that real quick.
4: The Reds
2: were thinking about leaving, as I remember, because there wasn't the a stadium that was worthy, and yet the city had to have the second major league franchise in order to build the stadium. that's where I came in. Anderson is back to throw, looks, fires down into the end zone,
1: touchdown to Kreider!
3: pick. We saw Bob there and, and Kenny and a lot of other uh, Bengals. Great. But um, go ahead, Tom, and, and uh, let's get uh, David's thoughts
4: here, if you don't mind. Yeah, David, you know, the one thing that defined your era with the team was that 1988 run to the Super Bowl. You heard Bob talk about, you know, how much it meant to those guys in 68, 69 and 70 when the team was new and how the city just wrapped their arms around them and, and loved them. What was it like that – in that? I mean, I've always said no, nothing brings this city together like when the Bengals are winning. Nothing. There is nothing else close to it even. What was that 88 season like for you and the guys in the locker room as the stadium became known as the jungle and the enthusiasm you brought?
1: You know, I'll tell you this here, man. We were so excited um, just to play for the fans. The fans gave us the momentum and the energy to go out and just play football and have fun. That 88 year, probably for me, obviously it was our Super Bowl year, but just a simple fact that we had a players coach in Sam Weiss. We had a quarterback that Sam Weiss loved to death, always calling him the blonde blonde girlfriend or whatever he was calling Boomer. But we had a – we had a team that we felt that nobody could beat us. And our fans, I'm telling you, I I found myself when I played in a game, being able to talk to the fans and having them cheer us on was, was, was mind boggling. We we were, we were so excited about what we were doing that we didn't pay attention to nothing else, but having fun for that football fans. And I can tell you two stories that, or two things that electrified my career playing for Cincinnati. When we beat the, uh, the Houston Oilers 61 to 7 in Cincinnati, when Jerry Glanville and Sam Weiss was going back and forth. And then the famous, you don't live in Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. I, I'm telling you, I, that, that, that quote still stands in my forehead after all these years because. We played so much good football based off of what that man used to say, and we had a great time as a, as Bengals in 1988,
5: 89. That's funny. Hey, hey Bob, let me let me ask you this. So, man, you're you got to play in the very first game uh, at Riverfront Stadium, and tell us that when you walk walking out in the field, you got to play, and you're part of Cincinnati history to begin with, being the first draft pick, right? But man, you also got to play in that first game. Talk about that first game uh, at Riverfront. That experience for you.
2: Well, it was just so different from Nippert. You know, all of a sudden the fans were a distance away. Although, you know, even there, the, the stands were closer to the bench than they are in a lot of places now. And the AstroTurf uh, was so new and bristly. And really, AstroTurf has come a long way. Back then, uh, you had such coefficient of friction between your shoes and the, the field. I mean, you you could... I think a lot of people got hurt, hurt ankles, hurt knees, because your shoes stuck so well. But that also made you feel like you could fly. I mean, you know, I was a big offensive lineman, and uh, I was the fastest offensive lineman then. On the other hand, that's a low bar because offensive linemen are all that fast. But that that AstroTurf just felt like you could fly. And I'm sure, you know, the Isaac Curtises and people like that really did like it.
4: Interesting. Tom? Yeah, Bob, your first season, that 1970 season, you got your first win against uh, one of the powers in the league, the Raiders. And then after some struggles, though, you guys went on a historic run, not unlike the team last year when they run 10 games in a row and shocked the NFL for many, many years. Uh, you were the youngest team in history to win a division and go on to the playoffs. Tell us about that 1970 team when uh, you know, you'd know you lost Greg Cook, you brought in this backup quarterback from Chicago, Virgil Carter, and he and Sam White kind of quarterbacked you guys into the playoffs.
2: Yeah. To begin with, let me say one thing about Sam, you know, Sam, Sam and Jane and and my wife's name is Jane were best of friends for years, even after he, you know, we were both out of football and it's, you know, his dying is just tragic, but what a great guy. I mean, he was a wonderful person and, you know, uh, he, he was what you got you and you guys know this. He just epervest, And, you know, he, he, uh, he, he didn't know. He always said one sentence too much. I kept saying, Sam, just shut up after, you know, you say some great things you get everybody all fired up, but then you should just shut up and let it lay. But he, I mean, what a wonderful person he was. Um, Going to Riverfront was, uh, and it was an exciting thing. I mean, it was just it was it was big time compared to Nippert. It, you know, I got to say, uh, the nineteen seventy season was really fun. We had a uh, probably a run that we didn't deserve, but uh, I think people miss. Uh, they, they probably underestimated what we were at the time. Uh, if you look back at the statistics those years, uh, you know, Paul Robinson had a zillion yards. And, uh, it was, I don't think people prepared for us very well, but it, it certainly, and I take I give coach Brown, I give Paul Brown a lot of credit for that. You know, we didn't have a good start in 1970 and he was steady. He stayed with it. I think he'd seen all this stuff before. And he said, just keep working, keep working. So practice was just keep working. It was no panic at all. I give coach Brown a lot of credit for that.
3: Cam, we know this has been a, a labor of love. Um, as we mentioned, you did the Reds one first that you got to uh, debut in, in their Hall of Fame and had a couple um, former players there. But I think this one's going to be unique in just the quantity of, of former Bengals players that are going to be there. We see the the interaction between Bob and David here tonight, and we're going to see that tenfold um, next, uh, next Tuesday night at, at 16 Lots. How much does this mean to you? Again, knowing all the hours and and time you've put into this and finally seeing this come to a culmination.
7: Well, it's so fantastic because I do this not for, you know, awards or recognition, but to put that out there. That history needs to be out there so it can be passed on. The Bengal mania that we have now, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Paul Brown in 1965, right, saying I'll take a team and then getting Riverfront built. And then look where we are today—a major league city. But all of the work that I put into this—it's—it's it's for the fans, and for not just the fans, but the players. I cannot wait to hear the stories. I want because since we don't have a Hall of Fame yet, this is their time to shine and to reminisce and to talk amongst themselves about some memories. I hope that that's what this film does. It's just 30 minutes, it's a short film, but it tells you 70 to 99, right? And it gives you that that time period in the hit team's history. And this is just the beginning, right? This is just like that first chapter. And then more players will start talking about it and more fans. And we kind of continue that ball rolling because if there's one thing I'm passionate about, it's retelling history and setting the record straight and getting people to remember these things because there's so many players that don't get the recognition they deserve that were at these practices in these two-a-days and played on some lousy teams. And they still, they're bingles, forever a bingle. And we should embrace them. And I can't wait to hear some of the stories on Tuesday. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: David,
3: uh, you're fortunate. You were actually out in Arizona last week. Um, You're down at the home tailgates getting an opportunity to interact with fans and just see how much love there is for the former players um, going all the way back to the beginning. What's one thing you're most looking forward to and watching this video on on Tuesday night that Cam spoke together?
1: You know, I – just the simple fact that old school football, you know, that Riverfront Stadium, old school football, the astroturf that nobody wanted to play on, um, <laughs> just a, just a, just a simple fact of going out there playing football, you know, didn't have the best facility, but we had a great mind of people, great-minded coaches, great attitude with players, and that's what made Riverfront what it was, and you know. I really hate to see it go, but they've upgraded so much to the point where Riverfront doesn't exist. But it still exists because without Riverfront, they wouldn't have what they got today. So I'm I'm excited to watch this man. I'm excited to be a part of it, and uh, it's who they all day every day, my friend.
5: <laughs> Cam, what's a, what's a question you want to ask one of these guys? Well, I think they've they've hit the the
7: the Astroturf question uh on the nailed it on the head there, especially with Bob. I mean, I, I kind of want to bring some turf down to uh 16 lots and see if he can maybe run a 440, see what how that goes. Maybe <laughs> to get some touch football going on. But I'm just happy to see that everybody's gonna be there. Like the list of players grows and grows. And that to me is what makes this so spectacular. They are going to be together to be able to reminisce about a place that a lot of people called a dump, right? It was not aesthetically pleasing. It wasn't you know, very well liked by a lot of players and a lot of fans, but how many, how many NFL cities can say that number one, they have a saying that's who day. There's not many teams that can have a chant. And number two, the jungle, how many teams can say that they have a nickname? I mean, you have the dog pound, which is a section in Cleveland. You had the house of pain in Houston, which was, you know, last a couple of years, but to this day, we have a ruler of the jungle, right? So I don't think we should take that for granted. I think that, Having these players interact with other fans and kind of getting to reminisce about things is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm just so honored to
2: be a part of it.
1: No doubt. No doubt at all.
2: Hey, hey can I ask, David, David, have you been a ruler of the jungle? Do they call you up on that stage?
1: So the Buffalo Bill bingo game Monday night when Hamlin got hurt, the SWAT team was the ruler of the jungle.
2: Well, you know and what? We I, was had that,
1: very, we had, I was the very first one, but I didn't team know team. what I was
2: supposed to do. They sent me up there and said, uh, you know, just dance around and get the crowd excited. And I said, (laughs) offensive centers can't dance, man. (laughs) It was ugly.
1: Well, they they can can only ask those skilled athletes to do the dancing. You had a hard job, my brother. You had a hard job to do. There wasn't no dancing in your job.
2: Yeah, well, uh, everybody who's ever seen me dance is going to agree with you. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, we appreciate your time again.
3: This is just the, yeah. the tip of the iceberg that um, you're going to see next Tuesday night. So, so thank you to Cam for being so gracious to let us be part of this um, debut. You know, he's always been generous with his with his time, and to be able to do this, and, and Jimmy's done a lot of legwork here, getting the, the former Bengals together, and and David and Bob. You still have another week. Let's get uh, let's get thirty former players down there, and we'll have a, a fun night. Let's do it. be fun.
4: James, before they before they yes. they go, one one quick thing, and I know Jimmy and I have talked about this too. Uh, there's so much brought about and, and so much joy, uh, and, and I think we can give credit to uh, the Blackburn granddaughters, Elizabeth and Caroline, for the the Ring of Honor. Our guests tonight, their names are going up on that wall. Uh, maybe great. they should be now. You know, especially Bob. Bob is the only Bengal to oh, ever have yeah. his oh, yeah. number retired. And Bob uh, should have been the yeah. first
1: one up there, my friend. Should have been uh, the first one up there.
4: But, uh, you know, they're, it seems like so many of the guys that Paul Brown brought in were not only great players, uh, and we had a number of great players, their careers shortened by injury, Greg Cook, Mike Reed, but they were class individuals, and that's what we've got here, and Bob Johnson David Fulcher. You know, after they retired, made their homes here, uh, very involved with in the community. So they're a big credit to this team and sports legends in this town. So one day their names are going to be up there one day soon. Thanks guys. Yes, sir. So so next week, next
5: week, everybody that's watching right now, uh, we, I I don't know the number of tickets pre-sold, but it's only $10 a ticket to get in a hundred percent of those proceeds go to revive family foundation right here uh, in Cincinnati, a a local, uh, another local charity we're bringing to the table Um, six to nine o'clock, 16 lot in, in Newport on Newport and the levee overlooks the entire city. It's a beautiful spot. We can fit up to 450 people in there if we need to. I'm not worried about the space. We're gonna have some great space. We're gonna have a lot of good times. The film itself is gonna uh, film a camera. Do we say 7:30? I think is what we said. Yeah, um, that's correct. Yeah, you're gonna introduce the film, 30 minutes. Uh, players are gonna be interacting, talking about this. We're gonna put them up on stage and and talk about their memories. And I'm sure they'll interact with you as a fan while you're there. So come out, enjoy some true Cincinnati football history. Um, You know, I had my first memory there when I was 13 years old. Uh, the Bengals played the New York Jets in a preseason game. My dad took me to the first game. We set up underneath the scoreboard. I could barely see. But I'll never forget that. That, that was a memory of mine. And I was a vendor at uh, Riverfront Stadium for a couple years. I only wanted to go see the Reds and Bengals play. So I got to be a vendor. When I was 16 years old, selling peanuts and popcorn and pop, and I would sell the first half of the games and Bengal games, and I would just walk around watch the games uh, just so I could get in there. But everybody's got a great, bunch of great stories. I got a feeling it's not just the players that are going to be sharing their stories. I think you, uh, as fans, are going to have a lot of good stories to share with everybody there as well. So, Bob, we look forward. Bob and Dave, we look forward to seeing you guys there. And Cam, we appreciate you, man. You're a. Um, we love everything you do, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate hey, you. Hey, everybody, Beth. See you next See you week, Damn, Thank you, guys. Yep. Yep. Good, night. Good day, buddy. Dan Fulcher's all over the place, guys. <laughs> he was in Arizona with us tailgating. He was uh, at the the Arizona State Colorado game. That guy's been all over the place. Just at an event up in Dayton. That that dude is all over the place, man. So, well, Cam, uh, we
3: uh, we appreciate it. Keep spreading the word. Um, so looking forward to uh, to next Tuesday night. And I'm not going to be there, so you you run run with this thing. Hit a her home run. I want to watch is, the, video, um, the video
4: of it. and uh, It it's it's is only out. appropriate we're doing this in Northern Kentucky, premiering the king of Northern Kentucky's movie <laughs> right on the banks of the Ohio River.
1: <laughs> okay, we appreciate it,
5: buddy. I'm sure we'll talk before Tuesday, but we'll see you next Tuesday again. We appreciate Sounds it. Sounds good. Take care, thanks, guys. Thanks, I appreciate it. You, right, you. Dude, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, man. As those guys were talking, I'm sitting there. First of all, that intro, that promo, man. I literally had goosebumps uh, watching that. But, man, I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I won't get into all my memories, but my two main was like my first game ever in 83, a preseason game against the Jets, and then me literally getting a vendor's job at Airmark, uh, selling peanuts, pop, popcorn, whatever I could. And I would, uh, for the Bengals games, I'd work the first half, make 50, 60 bucks, and the whole second half, I would just walk around, act like I was working. I'd watch the game. So, uh, man, it's just a, just my, my oldest kid, Ryan. His first game, uh, he was real small. He was probably three years old when I took him to his first game in 95, about 95 there. So, man, so many damn memories there. I'm going to I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come up with a bunch more stuff to talk about next Tuesday.
3: So much fun. Again, it's it's just $10 a ticket, or you can reserve a table, too. Um, so if you have a group or your business or whatever wants to come down, you can reserve a table um, up front. We'll have an exact outline of what's going to happen um, next Tuesday. There'll be a, kind of like a happy hour where you can mingle um, we will then show the film and then depending on the amount of players, we'll probably bring them up on stage, ask questions, allow the fans to ask questions, but uh, we'll have all that outlined um, next week. And we appreciate Dell and the folks at uh, 16 Lots for, uh, for hosting that. And now Tony, now is your time for, uh, to shine here. Another um, fundraiser in the, in the desert this past week um, for Parkinson's if I'm not um, mistaken where um that was our 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 charity and so many people came up that um again new time new people that have never been to uh, a Bengal gym tailgate and um you know any proceeds that um that are made from these go to um go to charity and uh we had the opportunity to do the raffle on um sunday with uh with a jersey and if i'm not mistaken the the winner was from new york tony you want to go ahead and talk about that
6: yeah so again um you know Hoday uh, Nation Bangle Nation showed up uh to help support us not only at the tailgate but also with the charity um It was kind of funny carrie uh she went on her own was telling tickets while we were trying to get the the people inside the door. She sold them for about two hours and you know we were getting closer and uh we went up made an announcement and we had a line of people and sold it out in thirty minutes so she was like, "You know why didn't we do this earlier so <laughs> it was really good just to see everybody supporting us um, we raised uh twenty one hundred dollars for the parkinson um support and wellness um, organization here in Cincinnati um, we also had our good fo- uh, good friend uh, John uh, Strauser uh, get up and say a few words um, you know about the organization and about what he was been going through so all in all it was a great uh, great time for the uh, the charity and not only in Arizona did we support that but uh, as promised uh, we took a little walk as well in Arizona to continue our efforts for the the walk to end Alzheimer's and we did that in Arizona since we weren't here in uh, Cincinnati to participate. So we had a lot of fun with that as well, walking down the street. People were kind of looking at us a little funny, but, uh, you know, we we knew why we were there. And uh, it was fun to do that for
5: it's, us. Tony, well. a, a couple of us in that group as we're walking had these orange flowers representing Alzheimer's, right? They, they were getting a lot of funny looks, but we didn't care.
6: <laughs> that's, right, that's right. We were having fun with it and uh, wanted to make sure to show our support, even though we weren't there. And talking about that, this uh, upcoming uh, tailgate, um, the charity raffle is also for uh, uh, Alzheimer's Association. We'll have some volunteers there to help uh, do that as well. But to your point, James, uh, we're at seventy-nine thousand dollars, almost eighty thousand dollars already this year, and it's only the fifth week. Uh, so I, I have no words, man. I, I can't explain what I feel, and I know what everyone on the screen feels. What what, what we've accomplished here and what Day Nation has really done to help us uh, support our charity efforts. It's just amazing. Can't, I can't speak enough about it. So, so you'll we see. see.
3: All-timers yeah. donations come in. Yeah. I think I talked to you on the other day. People are, are still um, donating. And as we said, just under 80,000 already uh, five weeks into the season. So uh, we're well on our way. And, again, that's because of the generosity of all the um, the Bengals fans, whether home or away been great um, online. We appreciate everybody for um, for taking part. We've got some other um, stuff up here, Tony, that uh, we want to get to before the two-minute warning buzzes. So I'm going to pop these up and let you uh, talk about them real quick.
6: Yeah, so uh, Tony's Tickets for Kids, um, phenomenal thing that we started a couple years ago with, uh, with some donated tickets, and it's grown to be something that we do every week, just about. So we take some tickets, and uh, what's great about this is we're we're giving a great experience to those future fans, to the kids who's never been to a game and to be able to do this and help facilitate this is awesome. Um, I'm a big, big component about our future fans and being a fan of fans and, uh, um, you know, us old guys here on the screen, ain't going to be here forever to support our team. So we got to make sure we, we prime that, uh, uh, that new generation to take over for us. And uh, I think we're doing, we're doing the right things here by uh, getting these kids to their first game. And I just, I just love this so. Uh, we have uh, two ladies, two sisters, Sophie and Sam, that are going, as well as a, a young man, um, Hudson, who uh, will also be joining us. Uh, they'll be pre-gaming with us at the tailgate and um, being able to go to the game and, uh, you know, enjoy that time. So it's a great thing.
3: And speaking of that, before I show this um, video, I think that's a perfect segue. Jimmy, do you want to talk about um, the renaming or branding of the uh, tailgate for this week?
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, guys, um uh, we, If you've seen our social media channels, uh, we have rebranded everything for this week. Uh, we have uh, a, a young uh, kid here named Gavin, who, if you've seen the articles, he's brain cancer, terminal guys. And one thing that gives him joy, man, is is being around Cincinnati Bengals, watching the games, going to games, whatever he can be part of, anything with the Bengals. I think some of the Bengal players actually went and seen him in the hospital uh, here not that long ago. Um so this week, it's no longer Bengal Jim and Friends before the Royal Tailgate Experience. It is Gavin. Bengal. Welcome to Bengal Gavin's before the Royal Tailgate Experience this year. We've got a new banner that we're putting up, our headers, everything that you see on our social media platform. Um, and he's going. him and his family are going to be down at the tailgate this week. We're going to try to make it the most fun experience he's had uh, around the Bengals. We have uh, a professional pumpkin carver who was on Halloween Wars uh tater edwards who will be down there carving up pumpkins he's got a very special pumpkin he's going to be carving for uh for gavin as well so uh, there's going to be some more things uh that that we're going to do do uh sunday but we're working through some of the details on that but um it, it's just um this charity stuff guys everything that we do as a group uh work very hard on this. all of us put a lot of time into this um what Gavin is dealing with guys. I just, I, I just hope everybody can make it down there. Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be able to stay down there. He's in a wheelchair, I think. Uh, so it, it's just come down this week, enjoy uh, friends and family and let's make this experience for Gavin the best that we possibly can. I, I'm really looking forward to to seeing Gavin and it's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful tailgate prior to going into the game.
3: Yeah. And I don't even know where the um, idea came from to, to rename it, but um, so cool. Um, appreciate everyone involved to, uh, to make that happen. And, um, just, uh, a lot of fun, as you said, come down, have fun. Uh, again, I think we take, we take it for granted, you know, going to the home games, going to the way games, whatever you do as a Bengal fan, simply watching them. And, and we've got somebody that, um, fighting a terminal illness and, you know, this, uh, may be one of the last opportunities he has to, uh, to have a lot of fun. So come on down and, and enjoy the pregame festivities with us. And, um, you know, we look forward to, to making a special day for, uh, for Gavin. Uh, one other slide up here, Tony, looks like, uh, you and Jimmy are going to be doing something.
6: Yeah. So, uh, hospice is a uh, organization with children's hospital. Um, it's an event this Saturday from, uh, nine to one, uh, me and Jimmy will be there, um, to help support this group. We're, we're doing a duck race uh, with them uh, for November. We're going to pre-sell those duck races. So, just a, a time to get together before it gets too cold out there. They got a car show and all kinds of good things, raffle packages. There's another effort and a charity event to, uh, you know, help those kids that are um, dealing with these illnesses that, uh, you know, the, the hospice provides these services for them and their families. So come out and see us and, uh, you know, spend some time with us, have some fun, buy some uh, raffle tickets and uh, help uh, help support the charity. Yeah, uh, James, before we before you- Hold on one second.
5: I got this video. My man, before we get into that two minute warning, James, I want to hit one more thing before we hit that two minute warning. Uh, a two minute warning.
3: I didn't realize that was a two minute warning. Well, hold, pause that. We we put some time back on the clock. We are two minutes and thirteen seconds left. In the
5: uh, the, added, the, added time, the added time back on the clock. Right. I, I failed to mention earlier, and I probably needed to do this earlier in the show. I just want to. I don't know if everybody was aware, but uh, Glenn Bujnak who played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, in the '70s, even in early '80s, played for on the Bengal Super Bowl team. Um, married um, a Bengal cheerleader, Sue. Uh, good friends of mine, uh, customers of mine. Glenn passed away uh, this past uh, week and a half ago, and I uh, just want to just say rest in peace, uh, Glenn. Uh, Glenn was a, an awesome, awesome man. Um, so uh, Glenn will be missed. We're, we prayers and everything for the family there, and I think services are this Sunday evening. Um uh but I just wanted to mention something about Glenn, uh uh unexpected um situation there with Glenn. But we just want the family to know that um, you know, he's in our prayers and we we love you guys and and, and rest in peace, Glenn Bushnok.
3: And I think a lot of fans may not remember him from his playing days, but he's been around at some of our events. Um yeah. maybe I don't know if it was a Super Bowl or Jungle to the Hall, but I didn't remember seeing Glenn having the opportunity to meet him. Super, super nice guy. So, um,
5: and, honestly, and the last thing I'll say, man, it was just like knowing the family, his kids, and his wife. And one thing that really kind of hit home like this show, it, it, we do it for fun. We're just a bunch of fans doing this, you know, like James always is by the fans for the fans. And we just got to step back every now and then when it really hit me hard because Sue and the family sat and watched our episode that when we had Glenn on the show, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, um, the family texted me and said they watched that episode with Glenn. Um, I mean, that that's just, this show is fun, but at the end of the day, man, this means a lot to a lot of different people. For them to sit there and watch that show, to be able to see their loved one who had just passed uh, and and watch that episode meant a lot, man. It just, uh, you know, we're doing some little things here, helping some people through some tough times.
3: 100%. And speaking of that, um, we're going to play the uh, two-minute warning here. Tony, do you want to do the, the intro on who this is that's, um, that's doing it?
6: Yeah, real quick. So this is no. I had the privilege of sitting with him at the Arizona game. It was his first uh, NFL game, and as you guys know, that's one of the special things I love to, to be a part of. And um, it was actually one of our uh, PFUFA members' uh, nephew, um, they made a big deal about it. So I had the privilege of sitting with them during the game and uh, I had them do a little two minute warning for us.
5: Hooday! Uh, play it again from the, from the beginning. Sorry.
3: Let's see here. See what happens when the Canadian's not here? This
5: is the two minute warning. Hooday! Yes, that's awesome. Hey, so Tony, tell everybody. Mom and dad are what
6: fans? It's, it's funny. So uh, I, I was teasing everybody around us because the, the dad is a Pittsburgh fan and the mom is a Patriots fan. So I was asking, hey, what do you guys get when you get a, a Pittsburgh and a, a Patriot together? And they're like, oh, you know, chaos, whatever. And I said, no, you get a Bengals fan. So everybody <laughs> was loving it. It was great. So uh don't know why he became a Bengals fan. He lives in Arizona. Uh, you got Cardinal fans and pet Patriots and Pittsburgh all in the family. And uh, so I, I just kept on telling him he picked the right team. So he's he's good in our books.
4: So can you
5: imagine your first game uh, and you get to sit next to Tony to Tiger the whole game? I'm sure that kid, that kid has a smile on his face the whole game as we kept looking over and seeing it was fun.
6: Now you say that, but I, for me, I was I was in awe of him. I just, to be able to have that moment with him was uh, pretty cool. I, I, I really appreciated it. Well, keep rolling, Tony.
3: Anything else you want to say? as your uh, 22 seconds are ticking away.
6: So, yeah, I appreciate everyone again for uh, coming out and seeing us at the tailgate. A big win this week. It was a must win. I think we saw Joey uh, do a lot of good things, um, a lot of questions that we had about what he could do and what he couldn't do. You know, we saw him scramble. We saw him run uh, run for a little bit. And then we saw that long pass that we all been waiting for all year. So glad to see that he is uh, feeling comfortable with himself. And I hope that we get to continue to see that um, for the weeks to come. I uh, appreciate you guys. Let's keep it going. Who day? Tom,
4: a big win. Uh, we'll only need something with another big win this week. Protect Joe Burrow. Tackle the Seahawks. Prevent the big play. Win the turnover battle, and we go three and three in the bye. And uh, hopefully, we're off to the races. Uh, thank you again to Cam, Bob Johnson, David Fulcher, and we will look to see everybody. There'll be a lot of stuff on social media. This week, about our event at 16 Lots and Cam Miller's film. So, a big week. And we have 55 seconds. James is looking at the clock. James. Appreciate it, Tom. It's,
3: um, you know, we joked around. Uh, Craig and I, for those that don't know, drove to New York um, the week before leading up to the Cleveland game. We kind of went through the schedule at Cleveland, home. And where'd we go after, um, after the Ravens? where we go to? Did we go to Nashville? Was that next? Nashville, Arizona. Oh no, we went to uh, what do I miss after the Ravens game?
5: You missed home against the Rams. The Rams.
3: A Monday night game against the Rams. Then, then we Nashville. went to Nashville. Then we went to Arizona. Now we got this. We we joke around. It's a seven week gauntlet. Us uh, as fans need a little break with all the away tailgates and everything. As much as these players do. So I think the bye is coming at the the right time. I'm excited for what Joe did on, on Sunday, I think where we, you know, with the scrambling and escaping the, um, the pressure. Glad to see. Thank you so much for everybody that, um, tailgates with us, whether it's at home or on the road, seeing so many new faces, just seeing how excited they are to, to hang out is makes all the work, uh, worthwhile because there's a lot of legwork that goes, um, to into both the home and away tailgate. So we appreciate everyone, um, for being part of that. Um, Craig's not on here now. Craig's, uh, another big part behind the scenes of, of making time. everything, um, making everything happen. So we appreciate that. Look forward to seeing everybody um, Sunday at uh Pacor stadium and, and that film. I'm, I'm mad that I'm going to miss um, next Tuesday night. I'm going to be actually out of the country, but um, it's going to be a special night. I think cam's done so much work for, um, for that um, film release. If you can make it down, be there just the interaction between the Bengals, a great opportunity to, to meet so many former Bengals uh, next Tuesday night. So make it down there if you uh can. Tom, you're looking getting ready to say something.
4: Well you James, you're the only guy I know that takes a rest from traveling by traveling.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I'm taking
3: a rest from tailgating. My liver needs a rest for seven weeks of tailgating. So that's what uh that's what I'm gonna do. But um Jimmy?
5: Yeah I, I'm gonna just tie in real quick to tailgating. I don't think there's ever been in the history of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this is what I'm most proud of about this tailgate. The, the road tailgates that we have been doing, guys, you guys have been killing it. I mean, it was so fun to interact with everybody uh, when we weren't working at the event Saturday or Sunday at the tailgate. Like James said earlier, there's so many people don't get a chance to get to Cincinnati to watch a game. Man, that was their opportunity, the excitement and the energy they had. Um, there's a video I posted on, I think, Twitter and Instagram. I just walked through the crowd and the energy, you could feel it through that video, man. It was just so fun. And thanks for being part of it. Uh, Just uh, people were just having a great time. Uh, The charity uh, that we did just, you know, Tony and Karen, we as a group worked so hard on that. Uh, That was fun. Um, Look forward to seeing everybody down here Sunday. Remember it's no longer Bengal Jim and friends. It is Bengal Gavin and friends tailgate experience this Sunday. Come down and join us. Let's make it the best experience we can for Gavin. Again, uh, I think in Fulcher and, and, and and Bob Johnson and and Cam Miller, we appreciate you guys. Uh, look forward to next Tuesday. We're going to have a blast down there. Six six to nine o'clock. and get there any early early as you want. The film doesn't start until seven thirty, but there'll be a lot of interaction with the players, a lot of storytelling. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and guys, if we keep improving every week, I fully expect us to go three and three into the bye. Going into San Francisco against an un, probably an undefeated San Francisco team. That's what I'm looking forward to. Let's get that dub this Sunday. Get down or get loud. Let's help the team out, just like we did on that Monday night game, that whiteout, and make a difference in that game. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Good day, everybody. Good day.
7: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets.